Here it is from a different angle. It's a half a bicycle length, but that's all you need. Matty Goss there in third position. The big names are formerly, strangely enough, those three riders at one time were all on the same squad. The great HTC squad. Uh, call it High Road, call it HTC, call it Columbia, whatever the, the structure of the team was for many years. It was the biggest and most prolific winning team on the international circuit for many, many years. Welcome back to another episode of Between Two Wheels Podcast. This is your host, Tyler Yonke, coming to you with Chris Flower. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. It's um, Friday afternoon, which is always a good thing. So. It is. How are you? I, I'm doing fine. And we're, we're missing one. We're not even Skyping with our, our main man, Kurt. Disappointing. It is. Uh, truth be told, I think he we, we dug back in to some of his old tweets. You know, this happened with Kevin Hart. He's now no longer going to be doing. Same with Kurt. Back into some of his old tweets. Today on Strava, he, to a well-known writer around, he put a nasty tweet, uh, comment on there. And I banned him from the show for that. It was to me, actually. I, I think that's a well-earned ban. <laughs> he I, did I think put, he needs a timeout. He, he, did, he commented on one of my rides. <laughs> but Stupid ride, idiot. Which in Was his, he right? In his defense, of course. Okay. I was, it looked like someone who's just lost in their own neighborhood, <laughs> which is pretty much how I ride. Anyway, welcome everybody. Uh, Between Two Wheels podcast. We're going to do a little, uh, I don't know. It's it's the winter. It's the off season. You've been riding. Well, let's go back to you. This, have you been riding much? I started riding a little bit this past week with um, the intent to try and salvage some of the winter. Um I feel like the winter here is so short as it pertains to right. cycling because, I mean, the first NCNCA race is three weeks away, four weeks away. Yeah. Bruno. Yeah. And then after that, I mean, the real crit would be what, Cal Aggie, and that's right. six, and seven it, weeks away? Yeah, in, in January still. Yeah, so. I'm hosed. Well, so. that there's not a lot of climbing there, so. There's not, but it's technical. Right. I don't know. I, I I started riding a little bit on the trainer this week. We did a lunch ride this week as well. Yes, we did. Um, it sounds like there's an interest in riding like 500 miles this weekend. So we'll see how that shakes out. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did some, uh, took some time off and, and back into riding now. Well, let's, let's talk real quick about what you, the, the ridiculous thing that you did this last week. California International Marathon is out here in Folsom. Yeah. It's a 26-2 full-on marathon, goes to the capital, and you did it. You're like, oh, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, have you been – I know you run run a little bit, but I didn't know you were running, running. I, I did a little bit of training leading into it. I well, Describe that. I mean, this is like me getting ready for a, a road <laughs> race probably, right? Right. It was um, like I, I, I intended to make a genuine effort at it and started kind of – plotting out some kind of running plan back in August. And like any good person who's getting ready to, to go into the off season, I, I really didn't follow through with much of the training. Um, I would do a few miles after work here and there. And then in like early November, did a few longer runs on the weekend, 12, 13 miles, something like that. And then we had that um, campfire. And that just really kind of threw any outdoor running out the door, so to speak, and didn't do a lot of training. So I, I didn't really go into it in in the greatest um, condition and not that well prepped. But I figured I signed up for it. It starts a mile from home. It's, you know, just a kind of fun endeavor. So I just took a shot at it. The question so. is, did you run to the start? I actually did not. I considered doing that. And then I woke up really early and it was cold outside. And that just seemed like a terrible idea. Did you drive or did your wife take you? Or? I drove to Old Town Folsom and walked across the bridge to Coffee Republic and jumped on a shuttle that right. took me up to the start. <laughs> so it was uh, every mode of transportation possible right. I, I utilized. So. And you finished. I so, did. Yeah. So congratulations. I, um, thank you. It was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. It, it went a lot fun. better than I thought it would. Um, I kind of had some goals in mind and I, I missed one of them, but I, I achieved a couple others. So eh, at the end of the day it is what it is. So, all right. So the title of this podcast will be Chris tapes his nipples and runs 26 miles. I didn't have any issues with that. I was surprised. <laughs> uh, no cramps, uh, no blisters or anything. So just, uh, 
ran out of juice in the last few miles. Well, congratulations either way. Uh, it's something, yeah, I, I, it's not even on my bucket list because I'm not really that interested. All right, so back to riding. Um, coming up, we're going to do the Tour of California race route was announced, so we'll go over that. Um, sad news in the world, Paul Sherwin dies, some Strava numbers, things that make you go, hmm, I don't know if there's a little bit of transfer market. The NCNCA 2019 race schedule is out, so we'll go over some conflicts there. Uh, just give you a quick one, and then uh, some winners and losers maybe. And I just want to also say we've already booked next week's, we're going to have a guest. We're going to start trying to do some of those this winter. Um, and uh, so he's coming in studio, and we'll have a good conversation. Mike Sayers, we'll just put it out there. So those of you that want some questions for Mike, um, he's coming in Friday to next week. We'll talk to him and maybe throw him our direction. Um, maybe we will ask him. Maybe we won't. But there you go. Sounds great. All right. Yeah. All right. Tour California route. So it finally got announced. It was They were delaying the announcement of the route and uh, finally came out with it. We talked about it previously with Kurt had all kinds of dark web uh, sleuthing he had done. Um, yeah, I think he, he had the whole route. Uh, was he not correct? What, what's your breakdown of it? And it's I, just it's just like before. It's just the announcements of the right. the start and finish cities. I think he had predicted the route would start in Northern California and move to Southern California. Correct. So in that regard, he was spot on. So kudos, Kurt, for for nailing that. I, <laughs> I'm not sure if he really had much else. I mean, he he kind of. Had some ideas and threw out some town names, but I don't really see any of those on the list here. Santa Clarita, is that one he announced? No. Uh, I don't think so. He said solving at one point. I think he he expected a time trial in solving, and I I didn't see that on the list. Okay, so that's highlight. It doesn't look like there's a time trial per se on here, but the only thing that could possibly be is stage one. Maybe they'll do a prologue. Either a prologue or or some kind of time trial. Um, I don't remember in previous... Um, route announcements if they specifically said this city's the time trial if they just said this city's hosting right. a stage uh, yeah I don't remember that much either but um, so why don't you break down stages one through seven yeah um, for the men we're starting in Sacramento so stage one is Sacramento to Sacramento I think in past years when we've had a sack to sack stage they've gone either down south of the Delta or they've kind of gone out to Winters and through Davis. So options right. are plenty. Um, stage or they did a prologue right or, there. Uh, did they? Over, yeah. Okay. Um, which year? Maybe 07, somewhere in there. Um, Switters had done it, as a matter of fact, that year. Okay. And yeah, they did right downtown and it was a little bit around the Capitol and then out kind of a down and back by going towards like the the Yellow Bridge. In okay. Area. So how Do you know how long that was? I mean, enough to... That was the year Lance got his time trial bike stolen. Oh, okay. Interesting. Or his uh, prologue bike. Well, okay. <laughs> he rode the same one. Oh. It's, it was hard to discern, but yeah. Uh, maybe three and a half miles. Okay. So not enough where like a, a TT guy can really bank some time on the rest of the field. No, not bank, but um, it's 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 one of those, especially, you know, we'll go through here too. I mean, it depends on if, if some of these all end up, if there's possible two mountain stages or just one. Um if there's not much climbing, yes, it could be enough to win a, a stage race, right? Like, yeah. But likely not. Go Anyway. All right. So, so yeah, Sac, Sacramento, Sacramento on, on the first stage. Um, stage two, keeping it relatively local, a uh, new city on the list is Rancho Cordova is going to be hosting a site or a, a, a stage. And they're going up to South Lake Tahoe. The, the most likely route is going to be probably something similar to what they did last year when they started in Folsom with the South Lake. Yeah. Uh, I don't really see many other options for that. Um, starting location in Rancho, not sure yet. I'm guessing it's south of 50 in, in one of those new developed areas, kind of like they did for the Elk Row finish last year. It's maybe over where that time trial is from the, the canal. I think if they would start on the canal, uh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> that would just validate any and all riding that's ever gone right, on there. Right, right. Which we just did this this last week. That's true. Yeah, we yeah. we were previewing the course. We, we were well. So Rancho, we're I'm in Gold River, my office, but it's basically Rancho. Yeah, and, my office um, is in Rancho, and yours is in Rancho. Right. I mean, it's right here for us. It's going to be you know pretty nice. Definitely, yeah. I, I think it gives us a good opportunity to see the start. I think that's actually a Monday stage. And by so. the way, I was shocked that uh, Rancho was on there. I had no idea. Yeah, I was too. I didn't. Uh, I didn't know they were vying for that position. But uh, right, well done on them to to get it. Yeah, I don't know what they did to to proffer that. Maybe said, kick your business out of the the town, Could clean be. it up a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, uh, stage three. It looks like they leave South Lake Tahoe and drive down to Stockton, and they do a. Um, a Stockton to Morgan Hill stage. So I think this one, they're going to have to do some climbing. It would probably make sense to go over Hamilton on their way. Right. 
Uh, so it looks like back to back a couple of pretty big climbing days. So Morgan Hill, uh, I mean, basically uh, San Jose, just south of it, yeah. Yeah. So I wonder. Well, I wonder which way they're going to be going over. Um, if is it going to go through the portion where they um, Mount Hamilton over over where uh, what's his name crashed? Oh, Squines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, down. There's that, and I think there's another route. Uh, that's a little further south of there that'll kick you in closer to Morgan Hill. I think it's called Metcalf Road. And it's But they would still go over and then they would they would just not take Quimby over the top. Right. It? Yeah. So that 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 would be the only way to go. Um so it's gonna be a, a steep climb, a descent. The only downer with it is if there's a, a good move up the climb, it's a longer run into Morgan Hill than San Jose. Uh More like a chance they did. to bring them back. Yeah. Right, exactly. So that could be, you know, maybe the group will take it easy or maybe that'll increase the potential for a sprint finish. Well, a few years ago, uh, I went and watched the stage 07 um, when they went up Mount Hamilton and came down. And instead of going left up Quimby, they kept their way going to the northern part of a little more of of San Jose and cut through. And uh, it was much more of a chase going into the finish uh, than you've seen the last few years because it wasn't. It seemed like it was a little bit more direct. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so that's stage three. Uh, stage four, they're going to start in Laguna Seca and head to Morro Bay. And there's a couple options for that. They could either go down Highway 1, which I think would make the most sense, or they could kind of do a slight reverse of what they did last year when they started in King right. City and went to um, Laguna Seca, except just take some of the other side roads down the Salinas Valley. But that would include include quite a bit of climbing so i think it would make sense if they did the the coast route um keep it relatively flat with the exception of a couple climbs and give the guys a, a slightly easier day break break possibility and it, it, it it's better scenery i mean right. the highway one is a little nicer than the salinas valley in in may no no offense to salinas valley hey i grew up down there i, I know what it looks all offense like. to salinas valley exactly um, then once they're there, uh, then we get into stage five, which starts in Pismo Beach and heads to Ventura. So this is where Kurt's prediction may partially come into play because the route would probably take them through Solvang. Not a time trial, but at the very least, they'd be passing through the town and, and, and waving high. Um, I'm not too sure what the route looks like as you go through that direction. You've got to get over some hills at some point, so... Um, it looks like it's another one where there might be a, a smaller group coming into the finish unless they somehow are allowed to take highway one all the way down. And then that happens to coincide with stage one for the women who do a, um, a Ventura to Ventura stage. And I, again, like the Sacramento to Sacramento, I'm not sure if that's going to be a prologue or a circuit race or a TT or, or what, but that's, that's the kickoff for the women's, uh, three stage stage race. And then, well, the, that's so. So last year, when we went to El Grove, mm. that's what they did, right? They did a point to point or a circuit, circuit, right? They kind of did a, a little circuit in town. We saw them take off, yeah. But then yeah. they headed out and did some loops around and right. finished, yeah. yeah. And it looks like similar to what they're doing here, right? Because they're finishing in the same town as uh, the the gentleman, yeah. And then that brings in stage six, which um, could be a big stage for the overall um, Ontario to Mount Baldy. Uh, so obviously going to be quite a bit of climbing there. I think quite a few previous editions of the race have uh, been kind of decided on that stage. And then the women actually for the first time, I believe, are going to be doing the same Ontario to Baldy, whether it's an identical stage or just something very similar. I'm not sure yet, but uh, they seem to be or at least... Katie Hall seemed pretty excited at the uh, the prospect of doing Baldy. Right. So they may not do the full, because I know when they've done the, out to Baldy, you know, there's some detours and they take some extra climbs. Right. Yeah. Uh, the women might take a shortcut for that because that might be a little bit more on the s- scale of, what, well, they would be too much for them. Uh, but Baldy itself, pretty intense. So yeah, and definitely. that's similar to um, last year, so, um, South Lake Tahoe, right. finishing up there at Heavenly. Uh, you know, nice big climb up the backside. So, I, I mean, there's no other baldy. That's a finishing climb. That's just, yeah, there's yeah. there's no doubt about that. Right. It just may cut out some of the earlier kind of mid-stage climbing. Right. And, and but I mean, that's, uh, we've seen Alaphilippe win there. That's when um, Sagan was able to hold on yes. and win. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, we've seen Levi win there, beating uh, Horner, who ended up winning that. Uh, and then Talansky was the last time they were up there over um, George Bennett, who ended up winning the overall. But right. uh, Talansky yeah. had the had the win before he decided to swim, bike, run. Moderately well. I didn't say anything about how oh, well. Okay. He just that's what gotcha. he's doing. And then, <laughs> yeah. So I think that'll be the big big uh, stage for the for the event. And last stage, stage seven, is Santa Clarita to Pasadena. Um, women do the same. Santa Clarita to Pasadena. Um, again, not sure on the routes, but I think in the past this is kind of looped around from Santa Clarita to Pasadena, done a few loops around town, and then had the finish there in, in Pasadena proper. So uh, looks like, a, I mean, all in all, pretty cool series of uh, theoretical stages that should make an interesting right. race. Yeah, and so we ha- obviously we have the climate baldy. It's going to be the decision maker. Yeah. Because you can have multiple minutes and we've seen that where you know you can have you can have a minute on someone you know really good climber uh south lake tahoe you know if they do anything i don't care what they do before they do that backside again yeah uh that could rip it apart what is that climb i I always forget something grade (laughs) right exactly but yeah that's where uh bernal last year just right went nuts right and he went and, and he went nuts and it was brutal yeah and uh you know put in i mean matter of fact that ended up being more decisive well the combo of everything but you know they equaled things out with after the time trial with tj from the right. first climb yeah uh, which like uh, gibraltar the, right the, first that, the bigger climb yeah right. and yeah. so that this almost uh, i think ended up being worse um and and, and tj looked worse yeah, he had a good time trial though. So right. Um, so kind of my thoughts on looking at this set of stages. Um, it'll be dependent upon who actually comes out to race. Is Bernal going to try and um, repeat, or is he going to do the Giro? Uh, I don't know. Um, but it looks like it'd be a good opportunity for him to to repeat from last year. Um, with TJ going to a new team, uh, a more American focused team, it may be his target race. So uh, early early thoughts, but not sure how it's going to shake out. Yeah, and it's always interesting. Like I was just thinking of the the women. You know, Katie Hall was on uh, media today and saying that she's really happy about this, as she should be. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also thinking, uh, you know, I wonder if um, you know people lo- looked at last year's. They see this climb. Um, you know, there were some major climbers that did. You know, the the the, the tour race uh, and the Giro for the women. Be interesting to see if some of those were to come out just because. I mean, it's the sad part is it's three days. It's probably right. not worth it for him. So she has a really good chance of defending. But you know, targeting that race, get some other uh, great women out here. Uh, really she, good. She's on a new team this year too, or next year. So it'll be good opportunity for her to right Bull lean Stolman, on that support. That, she, yeah, yeah. She went to the team she mocked. Yeah, on yeah. our on this podcast. <laughs> okay, that's so, okay. Yeah, so uh, Bernal. I mean, as always, uh, I'm I'm excited about this. Uh, for multiple reasons, we'll get to do our thing and cover it here. We're going to get a climbing day, hopefully here, um, the one down in Baldy, and yeah, full day in Sacramento. So, have you heard when they're actually going to release the the actual routes? I have or? not heard okay. that, and I was trying to remember when it was last year. Um, it's usually a few week, month or so before. I mean, they yeah. have to start letting people know, but. right? Okay. Any other comments about what you've saw there? No, surprises? I just think um, surprises. Uh, it, like like you said, Rancho Cordova getting a Who? start. It's kind of an odd one. Right. Uh, it was interesting reading the breakdown of the city on the um, the media <laughs> release. It's like all the things they're leaning on aren't in Rancho Cordova. Yeah, we'll give give some of them because they're pretty. Uh, yeah. I think it was what Prairie Hills or Prairie City um, Off Road Park, which is like I think that's technically in Folsom, right? Or Slough House, one of the two. I think they leaned on the hatchery, which is in Folsom. And then I think kayaking on the American River, which is like, like you said, it's in Gold River here. So it's uh, come to Rancho Cordova and do all these non-Rancho Cordovan things. Right. They have a Chipotle. Um, there's a Habit Burger. There's a few other places. And there's a Lowe's shopping. There's mart. Mather. Uh, there's a golf course over there. I wouldn't suggest it, but yeah, no no offense to... I think that's you know, technically in Mather. You know what? The last year, we made some comments about um, Elk Grove yes, and ended up being one of the better start finish slash ones of the cities that we did. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was really good reception other than getting abused by the police. It was pretty good for yeah. us. But I think to be fair, our, our cross section was pretty slim. I think we went to three places, two, <laughs> two or three. Right. Yeah. But, Once again, but no, it, it'll be cool to have it local. Um, we get to see SAC. We get to see Rancho. 
You can even go see Stockton if we want. So it's it's cool to have all those kind of right in our backyard. Right. Right. Cool. Totally agree. So uh, on a sad note, because you know we watched this the the tour of California. Phil uh, Liggett, Paul Sherwin have always been the announcers. Bad, sad news this last week. Uh, 62-year-old Paul Sherwin dies. Former pro, longtime uh, cycling announcer. Uh, has wife, two kids, and pretty bad news. I mean, those of us who are just connect, and, and I wrote a, a kind of a, a a little thing about him, and maybe I'll just record that as a separate thing because it's kind of a memorable thing. I, look, I had, and I'll, I'll say this about it. This is what's so interesting is um, I got a little tired of Phil and Paul as announcers lately. And part of that is just you, you change, you, you've had the same ones, it goes over and over. But when you really think about it, you know, growing up listening to baseball and the radio was kind of, I really enjoyed that. How do you feel those times? You know, Vin Scully talking about all kinds of stuff in the middle of, uh, you know, swings and stuff. You've got to feel time. It's got to be even worse for cycling. There could be even more hours and more bore. So, you know, tends to whatever. And we, we get tired and all these. But for me, it was a lot of remembrance of this is what got me into cycling was these two. I got into cycling and it was Phil Liggett. Uh, Paul Sherwin started in 86 with a little bit of, you know, he's still racing at the time. And then became more and more involved in like 89. And they were doing a lot of fluff pieces. But then that's right when ESPNs took over and they started to do play by play and um, really good memories. So, you know. It's kind of a sad. It's for me. It's a it's a it's a part that got me into cycling. It was the connection that got me this great uh, access to the sport I love. And you know, he he dies, and um, I heard a lot of good things about him from other people. You know, the people were showing their DMs of Twitter and other things of where he would message them individually, other announcers about, hey, you know, people don't always get credit, and I want to. And he was like saying really nice things about him. So I thought that was pretty good for his character. So it seemed like it. You know, too bad. Yeah, it's definitely a bummer. Um, like you said, for me, he's always been the guy that I associated with cycling. Even before I got into racing bikes, I would tune into the tour or other right. tour California type races, and that, that those were the two voices you heard. So it's it's definitely a bummer for the sport overall because I think they did a really good job kind of conveying the sport to the general public. I mean, through them, I was able to be interested in cycling. While I, I suspect with some of the other guys out there, I wouldn't be as interested you know and that's that's actually a great point because that's something i had mentioned last year about when i stopped listening to them because i had the option of listening to uh matt keenan and and uh, robbie McEwen and just others through eurosport was i felt like i had outgrown some of their they're always doing the intro thing to like a new cyclist right and i felt like as american audience that's probably fine but i was i had outgrown that i wanted a little bit more in depth uh, but what you're saying is exactly right. I mean, there's so many people that just my, my mom, I mean, she listens, you know, she watches She knew who those two people are, two guys were. So right. even Bob Roll, she even knew who Bob <laughs> Roll is for Pete's sake. And, and you know, credit kudos, kudos to both of those guys that learned how to say a lot of names over the years. Yeah. Jamaladine Abdijaparov. I mean, that just rolls off the tongue now. It certainly does. And I, I learned more about the French countryside from those two, <laughs> I think, than any history book I've ever read. Right. Castles, uh, right. all those it could be, World War II monuments. Totally fabricated, but I, I believed it. Well, you know, after we've done our tour of California here and we got the race book, you see there's a lot of stuff in there for those guys to like just spew. So right. each town has all kinds of stuff around the route. And I'm sure that and then I'm here with other, you know, Matt Keenan and some of these other ones. I think it's that's what it is. They're they're force fed a lot of this. No, no, they, it's, it's from the heart. They know it. Oh, I didn't. I didn't say he didn't say it from the heart. <laughs> OK, anyway, uh, it will be interesting to see who they're going to replace Paul with, because uh, obviously I imagine Phil's going to keep going. So I don't know. Maybe your Christian Vandeveld, who actually done pretty good, or or Roll. I can see Roll, Roll doing more. Um, yeah. I could see Phil kind of doing less and less and less because I think he was probably really well tethered with with Paul. So I could see him kind of taking uh, a smaller role as time goes on here. Well, you know, last year they had got to the point where they did. Uh, what is it? Channel four and in the UK, they did the U S feed and they did the Australian feed. And then last year, Australia had removed them off the feed and was doing Robbie McEwen and Matt Keenan. Uh, but we still had him. And I think they're still doing in Europe, maybe some South Africa or something too as well. So I don't know if, if they're kind of, you know, they're downscaling anyway, but speculation, it's probably not the, you know, funeral just happened. So, um, condolences to his family and friends. Did you have any personal stories since you had been in the media yourself? I do not. Yeah, I um, I think 
when we did the the tour of California last year, I think that they were sequestered in a in a studio somewhere um, right. on the premises where we really couldn't engage with them. But it was good knowing that they were in the vicinity. Uh, back in the '90s, our manager had met. Um, I don't know if it was both of them or just. I'm pretty sure it was both of those guys uh, at the court where we called the core states, Philadelphia was the national championships and gone out and had drinks. And he and they ended up inviting our team to the Prue tour, which was prudential tour. And it's kind of like the, the tour UK now or whatever they have uh, back then. The Phil was really involved with, uh, Oh, I think they had met him over in uh, Malaysia anyway. Um, so we got, our team got an invite for that. Wow. Based on uh, some beers with those guys. <laughs> so some things that make you go, Hmm. Uh, you want to start out with a little... If- what do I got? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, yeah. So, bummer to see that Interbike is canceled for 2019. Um, allegedly, it's going to be back on in some other capacity in 2020, but uh, reports through, I think I saw it on Cycling News, is that uh, the agency that puts it on is, has laid off all their staff. So, they just moved it up to Reno from Vegas for 2018 to kind of reduce the size, reduce costs. And I'm guessing based on turnout in Reno last year, they decided, eh, we're going to have to call it off for 2019. Um, it, it sounds like the manufacturers and the the group that puts it on said, you know, there's, there's smaller attendance by people. There's other ways that people are rolling products out into the market. So it just doesn't really make sense to keep doing an event of this kind style at this time um they they suggested that uh, they'll be back on but it it might speak to kind of a change in the market or just kind of a uh, a slowing of the sport potentially hard to say but it's it's it seemed like for those that were in the industry that was like the big event of the year and now it's uh likely not coming back right and i wonder if if it's necessary to do something like that with the way that you can have multimedia so easy and transparent throughout the world now, if you need this event to go and, or is that, is that a hobnob event? I think it's the latter. I, like you said, I, it's, it's easier for folks to get product information out just in like Instagram or a YouTube video. I, I suspect you'll get it in front of more viewers that way. I, I don't really know anybody that's been to Interbike. Other than you. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't something that I know people that looked forward to it and like, oh, right. I got to go to see the new this. It's like uh, maybe some of the folks like uh, a DC Rainmaker that reviews products wants to go see the latest trainers, but I can just go look at his website and look at all of them and right. go. So I, I think there's other avenues that are probably better for the vendors and manufacturers to get product in front of people at the very least get them exposed to it. Or is it some like a, an auto show where there's a lot of prototype event, you know, there's always those products out there and it's not just products. Sometimes it's writers. It's, you know, hobnob in there. You get to see, you know, I don't know, but, um, is it, I've never been. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, it's a party really what it is. Um, what I'm more worried about is that they have had a cross race with it every year. And is that, is that going to be, I mean, I would assume that's got to be Jingle canceled, Cro- right? No, which one is it? I don't remember. It was Cross Vegas, but there I don't think they're going to... It was hard to do it when it was in Reno last year with Cross yeah, Vegas. It's big loops, I think. <laughs> right down to Vegas and back one right. time. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if that's going to go on or if there's going to be any any race associated with it. <clears throat> don't All right. Know. Well, bummer on that, I guess. Definitely. I don't want to see... My, my initial reading of that story was a concern that... Um, the industry is falling off that they can't, the industry can't even support this anymore. And I don't know if it's a lack of interest in going to see a show or is it a lack of industry being able to, you know, make the money? Probably both. No, that's, that's I mean, disappointing then. Yeah. Um, so mine is uh team drops, uh, truck drops. We talked about them with Kurt, uh, I think last time or time before, uh, that they were about ready to go under. They had done a GoFundMe. They got uh, just over 25,000 euro, I think. That, uh, like almost 200 people that had volunteered some money. Um, so it, I guess they're going to continue. Um, it, interesting part to me is wondering, 25 euros, is that a, that's enough to keep the team going? Or is it, I mean, it was 200,000, I think, that the EF Education first got. And their answer on that was, oh, look, this is not enough to fund the team. But it, sh- it gave us an idea for a sponsor that, um, I mean, showed the sponsor that we had a lot of support. Did they land any other sponsors or was it just this <clears throat> supplemental funding that kind of allowed them to keep going? Yeah, I'll have to read into that more. Um, it's, 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 I'm just telling stories from headlines. That's it's, fine. What's that's, that's my style. <laughs> no, but uh, I don't know, actually. Uh, 
to tell you the truth, um, I'll have to look back at that so and see exactly. Yeah, I mean, if if it's twenty five thousand euro to to keep the team going, then ugh, when they implement uh, minimum wages for the riders, you you can't imagine that team will be around. Right. Well, unless the minimum the, wages are just bare bones. It, it's so look. It's got to be similar to EF education. The, the the more detailed on the article says British registered drops women's team has been saved thanks to a fundraising campaign, comma sort from online offline donors and new team partners. Uh, so a little bit of all. So you know that's EF education once again. You're getting some crowdfunding. Um, that obviously shows too that there's interest in the team. You can probably utilize that funding itself to you know potential sponsors saying look so right yeah you can definitely use that as the the launch pad to, to, to get other people involved right um you had another note here cycling versus other sports what's what's your <laughs> so all right so everybody's griping about cycling participation dropping races are getting canceled nobody's showing up to races so in the past two years in the off season i've done a couple other endurance style events. I did a triathlon last year and a marathon this year. And just the reception is so different in those two um, other events that I've done than any bike race I've ever done, where it's just, you show up to a bike race, you get yelled at by an official, you get scowls from other riders. And it's, it's just not a very welcoming environment. And I could see that being a huge turnoff for like a cat five. Who's like, I'm going to try my hand at bike racing. And you just get, a, a kind of bad experience. And then you contrast that to, you know, doing this marathon last weekend. It was just, everybody was super positive and encouraging and, and made you feel like they really wanted you there. And it, I could see there being a contrast between the two where, you know, bike racing is claims to be struggling and they, they really don't do much to embrace new people coming into the sport. If anything, it, it's, kind of like a, a really selective club where you got to put in a lot of time to get welcome into the fold. And I, what does that mean? I don't know. Other than it just seems like bike racing might be kind of penalizing itself by not being that welcoming to new people. So, yeah. And you're, you're more of a new cyclist to this than I am, but I remember being young, uh, you know, you get a, what we call a cat five or cat four mark on your calf from your chain and, you know, people mock you and what have you. Uh, And the intimidation factor of, you know, showing up at a race as a newbie. And, you know, it's so interesting. You're a cat four, you look down at the cat fives, and as soon as you're a cat three, then you're mocking the four. I mean, this was, to me, it was even more structured like that when I was first. And so my attitude was like, I'm not going to do that when I get older. And I, I think we're pretty... Things are nicer now, I think, than they were before. But, uh, you know, uh, Bruchard Hall, the the president, the CEO or whatever of uh, USA Cycling, he's stepping down, I guess, for next year. Um, I don't even know how this really plays into it other than just contentiousness online. I saw today, uh, you know, there was an auto renew thing about your USA Cycling uh, license. And um, Mark McCormick, former pro, raced with, I don't know, Saturn and a bunch of these other teams, he and his brother, uh, both were some great cyclocross racers as well. Um, he posts up on Twitter today that he goes, he just got his, his, uh, 2019 license auto renewed. And he's like, I didn't even have a license in 2018. How do you renew? <laughs> then there's all these negative comments about USA cycling. And I, you know, to me, you're talking about this run and, and the wonderful positive atmosphere. And I'm sure it's, it stems from what's the attitude drifting down. And, and you know, Derek had a tough haul for this because, we're just assholes. Cyclists are just, a lot of them are just dicks that are <laughs> in That's the, true. So it's, yeah. it's a tough, anyway, I, I don't know that I have anything really positive to put into that other than it. I don't know what to do about that. Then right. when you show up, you encourage the younger riders. Um, you know, we, we do a lot of that with the, the group rides that we do. Yeah. Um, I think we do a good job of that. Yeah. I, I do too. I mean, I, I'm a dick. Otherwise, it's other but, people. It's never us. Of course. Um, speaking of other people, let's do a quick rundown of some World Tour uh, transfer stuff before we hit to the 2019 race schedule. Andre Toffee, we're just going to keep talking about him. He's is he officially somewhere? I don't. What I saw this week was he was not on the Dimension Data roster. And they, but they probably can't do that until January one. Would be my guess. Well. I think they were releasing the roster for oh. potential for next year. I think okay. they had released that out. So gotcha. Um, Maybe I, he'll be like a, a guest rider. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. 
I I saw an article last week. This is just again, this isn't even making an assessment from a title. This is looking at a picture. It looked like one of uh, Toffee's third level. <laughs> Toffee's former teammates kind of came out negatively against Toffee's no. interest to do uh, to do the race. I don't know if you saw that or read anything no. about that. Okay, I guess. All right, I read a little bit. I read the the headline and the uh, the kind of teaser line. I guess I don't remember the guy's name. He thought it was a terrible idea because he's taking a spot away from some up-and-coming pro that could be doing Paris-Roubaix instead. And it's like, well, on one hand, that's true. But on the other hand, if it gets some notoriety for Dimension Data or whatever other team he lands on and they can make money off that, then that's probably for the betterment of the team in the end than having a, a up-and-coming nobody. Right, because you continue that stream of your team actually can, can exist. Right. And if you if that's your attitude all the time, you're just going to be a development squad, which is what BMC did away with because they're like, this isn't viable. Right, yeah. And I mean, that's an extreme. But, you know, there was, and I, I don't know the rule, but I remember um, Mike Creed talking about it, that like uh, there's a continental team, there's some of these, they had to have an, uh, a certain amount of riders under a certain age. As part of the Devo, or uh, I don't know if it was Devo or it was the Conti teams. At, at so, what would happen is the old. Think about that. The older you get, the less likely you are to be able to keep a uh, keep on the team because they have to always backfill with young riders. So now you have you know Friedmans and Carnies and these guys that are getting older, and all of a sudden they're like, well, we our age is too high. We got to reduce it down. So we're getting flicking the older guy off the team. Uh, it seems like a weird thing to have. I yeah, remember be, them talking about it, um, but I never saw the rule myself. Yeah, that's kind of an odd one. Yeah, yeah interesting. Maybe, maybe maybe that's something we could talk to Sayers about next week. He might there know. we go. He should know. Yeah. Uh, okay. Any? Uh, you had some other ones on here. I do. So we um, uh, we'd mentioned earlier that uh, Katie Hall went to Bulls Dolman. So right. Garnier, who was on Bulls Dolman, has recently signed with Tibco. Uh huh. So I thought she was going to retire, and she said she was going to retire, but it looks like she's taking on uh, a role there at Tibco. So it'll be interesting to see how she transitions back into racing, probably predominantly domestic races. Right. So we'll see probably her at Tour of California. And then this late in the season, if your name's coming up in the in the world of transfers, you're you're probably not in a great spot. Uh, the only other ones— Or you have, just lucked out and finally you, got that team that you wanted. There's that as well. So the only other one big name I saw was— um, Navarduskis, who was on Bahrain this past year, he signed with Delco, Marseille, Prevence, KTM. I'm guessing that's Conti or maybe Pro Conti or whatever the new programs are that we had talked about on the last show. I forget. World Series of Cycling. I don't know. Yeah. Triple A, double A. But he had had a a really good series of results in the past few years. He got third in Richmond uh, coming in behind Sagan and, and Matthews. Then he had some heart issues, had some surgeries, and I'm guessing performance probably dropped off after that. So um, good to see him get a contract. Bummer to see him have to drop a level. Oh, t- or two. Or two, yeah. Hard to say. I mean, the name like that doesn't really um, – Delco Marseille Prevence, I, I've never heard of them. No, and, and you know, I, I'd seen that headline too, and I, you know, I was looking through there, and they were talking a little bit about that team, and I'm just like, I, what? Yeah. No clue. And then um, KTM last though one, is that the the bikes? Yeah, motor, they, they motorbikes. Make bikes, yeah. Well, I yeah. think they make bikes for who's it? Mark Pro uses KTM yeah. bikes. Yeah. Maybe he's racing with them. This is their <laughs> this is their new team. <laughs> They're selling different kind of supplements. Yeah. Do what you can do. And then uh, it sounds like there's a new Irish uh, uh, Conti team. So not Pro Contis, mid level, I guess. Uh, Evo Pro Racing, and it looks like they're probably going to pick up a few of the riders who are doing last minute scramble for uh for a contract maybe some of the uh aqua blue guys that didn't land anywhere right right well we saw connor dunn had had signed with someone i'm trying to remember who it was sky i thought i don't no. remember no it wasn't that but but he had he had nabbed the team and larry warbass so i think most of those guys because i remember the owner had said there was five that were not under contract or I don't know. There was, there was, I'm trying to remember the whole situation, but uh, it seemed like three of them he said he was possibly going to pay. And I think it's only one left that maybe didn't. Yeah. Um, and I think Warboss went to AG2R. Right. Yeah. Yes, and then was. also, it, it's not really a, a transfer thing, but uh, today Action Cycling came out and they uh, will be terminating their partnership with Specialized and will be riding Pinarellos next year. Oh, so I, I saw online a thing with 
local bike fitter, uh, Bruce. Okay. What's the name of his company? Athletic camps. Athletic camps. Yeah, they were. They had an action guy in there, and he was on a Pinarello, and I'm getting his bike fit. So okay. for the new bike. So I I did see that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean they've been partnered with Specialized for I don't know a couple of years, but gotcha. Thanks, Change. All right. Um, okay, so let's get to the 2019 schedule. And what do you what did you see on that? We're not going to go over the whole schedule. Just some idea, uh, some some races here and there, some points of conflict. Ooh. And uh, Kurt's not here, so we can blame everything right. on him. Um, the only big ones that I saw were um, I don't know if we talked about it in any other recent opportunities, but Cascade Cycling, which is not an NCNCA event, but it looks like they're claiming to be back on for 2019, late May, early June. Um, on one hand, that's great. On the other hand, um, looks like Nevada City's that same weekend. So there's a, a little bit of a conflict there because those are two pretty popular and relatively well attended races. Um, geographically, that's that's a bit of conflict if you want to do both. Right. But which one has not been disrupted in the last few years? By like, in other words, which one has which one's more continuous? I obviously it's got to be Nevada City, right? right. Yeah, because. Uh, I mean, you can't. And, and in, I'm saying in Kurt's defense because he puts this race on, obviously. It's no, true. He is part of that. Um, you can't schedule your race based on something that's happening, you know, uh, 500 miles away up in Bend. So Right. Yeah, I, that's that's totally fair. And I know Kurt didn't want to do Cascade, so this way he doesn't have to. Since he's got to be there to put on Nevada City and run it It, start to finish. It is a bummer when Cascade is trying to revamp and they were going to come back last year and they couldn't quite do it, assuming that they are doing it this year. Um, It is too bad because those are two classic races as they both have in their name. (laughs) That is a good point. A couple races that are seeing a little bit of change that I noticed today would be the Lodi Cycle Fest is back on the calendar after being off the calendar for a couple years and cats hill which has obviously been going on for quite a while but they're both in april and they're both going to be put on by red kite this year and incorporated into the uh red kite omnium oh interesting so uh, both of them in april yeah yeah okay so lodi used to be right before cask it was in june to be like blazing hot right that might be better kind of i absolutely think so yeah Um, you know we'll have a downpour so it'll happen. That's true. But it's cool to see that um, that Lodi is back on the calendar because I, I really enjoy that course. And it's it's been one that's just kind of run out of steam, I think, going into the season. So it was, it's it's good to see somebody step in and take those on. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, uh, we know then, one one or two people who won't do them then. That's true. Um, and then I think in March, there's the, uh, the Winchester and Auburn, which are rolled into the Red Kite Omnium again this year. March? So, yeah. Okay, so I need some serious diet in between now and March. I think, uh, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, maybe I'll be in shape. <laughs> We're not in the same then. boat. That boat's sinking if that's <laughs> the case. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, Springing leaks, uh, water spilling over this. Right. Side. I didn't say the boat was in water. It's dry docked. So. Is, Car- is Kurt in the boat with this? He's our he's our coxswain, the, the little guy be. in the front that helps us uh, steer. Right. Um, yeah, those are the the big ones that I saw that, that looked like they may have had a little bit of a shakeup for for 2019 otherwise the calendar looked more or less as it always does most events fell in the same part of the season so let me ask you this there was a bunch of how many races do you think were canceled or dropped after they had been on the calendar last year 15 okay are those races back on most like madera yes okay so they they said hey last year didn't work but we're going to give them a shot we're at least going to put them on the calendar this year right Okay. I think they added one. They added um, Calaveras time trial. I don't know if that's the same as the Athlone time trial that went on earlier or for the districts this year, but uh, that that is on the calendar. But yeah, all those other ones that I think dropped off are, are back on this, this season as well. I don't know if I want to do this, but one year I went through and I did a breakdown of all of them, you know, which months were more concentrated, uh, you know, heavier races in, in which months. And it always seems like it was March, April, May are a heavy amount. And then we kind of slim out. And so, you know, when you get, we talked about that, when those races are being flicked out of the calendar, um, it's not always so bad. Maybe it's like pruning trees, right? You got to thin yeah, some out. Definitely. Um, now, when you're saying you, you kind of saw where they were concentrated, you're talking about races or racers? No, I did uh, the calendar and like oh, okay. which which months were the most races in. Gotcha. Yeah. It's tough to put on a bunch of races out this way in the later months because it's just so hot. Right. 
Uh, when you say out this way, you mean California? Uh, I mean the valley versus the okay. bay. Gotcha. It's it's just so hot and it's not fun to okay. race in that. Well, I'm going to pose this to you. You wrote it down here, but Uh-oh. this is your question. I'm going to pose it to you. What's the over under on the number of races canceled this year? What do you think? I put the the number at ten, and I'm guessing it's going to be over that. So you think less? Uh, so you think somewhere around the last year, fifteen races? I think so. Killed. Yeah. are going to be now my hope is that you don't see the well i never like to see the races go but i mean the problem is you start having the same race two years in a row get canceled right now you're starting to see just not coming back yeah like um uh vacville grand prix on the calendar again okay. it's been canceled i think the last two or maybe even three years uh, let's reg now make sure that um oh no i don't think it's available for reg yet Okay. So, um, the other thing that's on the calendar again, late in the season is the Cal cup. Um, that's still there. Um, I think it would benefit from a little additional, uh, promotion once you kind of get later in the year. So people don't forget about it. Cause I think is that a Vela promo. Yes. I think there are a few folks that do target that, but I think it'd be cool if it had a little bit more hype just to get people engaged later in the season. Right. right. Uh, okay. Anything else on the the calendar? So we've got Bruno Hill Climb coming up, and then Land Park or uh, yeah, in between Cal- that, no, Cal-Aggie. Calaggy. In between that, if if you, I don't know if you've done them. There's the um, Velo Promo puts them on the uh, the early bird training series. Right. Uh, I did one of them once. It's just a bit of a trek to go right. race a crit in early January. Yeah. But those are out there if, if you have any interest i don't know if i'll go but uh right <laughs> so uh it made me think there's team camps and stuff going on so maybe you if you've got your team doing a camp maybe you guys can uh send us a, a message about that uh we're going to start getting together our our team info and uh letting people know what's going on and you start entertaining us with your what you guys are doing out there we're going to do one ish are we i don't know yeah we'll see play golf yeah that's exactly um let's let's hit a sponsor real quick and then we'll we'll get out of here um health iq um look at uh, healthiq.com slash btw uh it helps you get lower rates for life insurance uh they set you up they're basically a company that helps search for those so if you're a healthy active person like we used to be um you can go out there give them your strava info your race data they come to your house i've i've just done it just uh, got approved from me and my wife and um Good rates, good prices. They come to your house. They do all this, you know, testing, give you answer, make you answer questions from like when you're born and everything else, and um, give you the best rates you can do for life insurance. Uh, it's a good thing you could do for your family if something happens to you. At least they're taken care of. HealthIQ.com/slash/BTW to learn more and uh, to support the show. So they're a a broker and they link you up with providers. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah gotcha. pretty much. Uh, and it's been it's been actually really easy, uh, not very complicated, um, and it's been a good process. So they'll they'll get our money and then we'll go from there. Perfect. Uh, any winners and losers that you have? Winner, I'm going to go with kind of the uh, the dark horse win, which would be the city of Rancho Cordova for getting a start stage for the Amgen Tour of California. Good call. Yeah, I'll come back to a loser after you go through yours. Okay, uh, Kurt Kurt sends one in here. Um, his comment on my Strava, stupid ride, idiot. Is that a win or is that a lose? Uh, or is it both? He's a, he's a loser. Okay. Uh, no, he's not wrong, as you <laughs> said before. And even the idiot part. Um, so I had a winner here, which you just kind of took. Actually, I'm saying that the oh, our, podca- yeah. our podcast is the winner for having Rancho so close. Okay. We'll be able to basically in our backyard go over here. Uh, I didn't assuming even we get credentials again. My loser is a performance bicycle. They have... Um, I think November 16, they filed uh, chapter 11. So there's under chapter 11, there's some reducing of stores, restructuring is basically what that is. Uh, but then there was a, a stay basically where the uh, judge had put a stay on, uh, how many different stores was it? I don't remember, but um, that they couldn't use the sign going out of business or closing unless they were legitimately closing and going out of business. Um, so he said, is, is interesting. He uh, couldn't do uh, store closing events. Um, he said the Gordon brothers and ASC are permitted to promote the sales as holiday sale, inventory clearance sale, or Christmas sale, uh, which a side note of, I got an email today and from perform minutes and it said, um, Fair Oaks store going out of business question mark. And then in the ad, it said, 
closing, going out of business <laughs> sale. So I, maybe they're really going out. Of business uh, maybe then. they're really going out of huh. business. Uh, ASC and CEO told uh, ASSE's CEO told Bicycle Retailer that none of the sales should be seen as a direct indication that specific stores will close. Although he expects that many locations ultimately will shut down. So uh, there goes uh, performance. If there's one in your location, I know around here, I think there's one Roseville, Sacramento on uh, Howe, I think. And then uh, the one out in Fair Oaks. So yeah, that's uh, that's a bummer. Right. I think that kind of coinciding with the um, interbike getting canceled. Is, I don't know if that's the, the greatest sign for, for the bike scene. Eh, maybe not. What do you got? Any any losers? How about the? I don't really have much. Interbike getting canceled. That just stinks. Yeah, well, as someone who's you said you've never gone, I could see your your heart broken over it. It is. I'll never get to go. You know, I saw a picture today. Uh, Inner Ring posted it out, and I'm trying to remember which year it was, but it must have been early '80s. You could just tell by the bikes. But uh, Charlie Mote, I think, was there. Claverola. So that that's run when those guys were racing, and they were. It was the. Um, Daphne Libre or the Criterium du Daphne, whatever they call it now. And they were doing gravel. His picture was awesome. He goes, there's so much going on here. There's gravel. There's two yellow jerseys. There's a mullet. And you're like, yep, there's a mullet. Two yellow jerseys. I guess one was like a points competition. One was the yellow jersey. And they were doing gravel. So even back then, and I know everyone thinks that gravel was just invented. Right. But no, it's been around a while. And of course, they were doing it on the gravel bikes with really wide tires. And they weren't doing it on like 20 mil tubulars. Right? No, I, That's I, not possible. Yeah. I think back then when you had just toe, you know, literal toe clips, right. it was a little too hard to, to adjust that. But, you know, they, they've been doing that for a while. So um, and mullets. Mullets have never gone out of style, evidently. Anything or maybe else? they've never come into style. That's probably the easier way to say. It. Anything else you got for us to uh, this week? Not right now. No. Okay. Well, we're going to close up shop here. I got to move some furniture because they're going to come clean our carpets this week. We got painted last week. Carpets this week. And um, so next week, tune into. Uh, we're going to have a guest host. Uh, not guest host. Guest in with us, uh, Mike Sayers. Uh, most of you might know who he is. Um, not. Well, stay tuned, and you'll find out. Uh, Episode 93, thanks for joining us. Between Two Wheels Podcast, find us on Twitter, B2 underscore podcast. Facebook, Between Two Wheels, the number two podcast. Um, anywhere else that you can find this podcast, like us, make a comment, uh, good or bad, doesn't matter. Rate us, review us, and share the show. And Chris, thanks for joining. Happy to be here. Kurt? Okay, he's not showing up. All right, we'll see you later. Bye. See you.